Coming up on today's Compassion Radio. Listen for the calling. When we saw the announcement for trips going to Poland, I had such a strong pull in my heart that I was just supposed to go. My wife was so surprised. She was like, you want to go on that? I said, I'm supposed to go on that. And so I say to people listening, when you hear that calling, when you hear that nudging, and that's the way God does this, listen to it, follow it, and then just ask the simple prayer, you know, hey, God, here I am. Use me. Uh, You do that. He will. There's no doubt. Following the progress of the kingdom everywhere it's found. This is the daily radio journal that takes you to the center of the action. This is Compassion Radio. Thanks for tuning our way today. Yesterday we started an uplifting conversation with three unlikely heroes of the faith. How did an investment advisor, a casualty and loss specialist, and a contractor end up in a Polish attic together? Stuffing insulation, plugging holes, and sealing leaks. Well, that happens when God nudges us his way. John Colgrove, Kevin Hudson, and Thad Huffman, all members of the Atlanta Church Network known as Perimeter Church, found themselves in just that situation recently. They ended up doing things that they weren't expecting to and loving every minute of it. You might say that they're itching to get back to the mission field as soon as possible. They're joined today by Richard Dungesser, director of the Bread of Life Ministry in Poznan, Poland, who gave these men one of the most transformational experiences of their lives. We'll pick it up today with a recap of their experience stepping into the center of the need and learning what it really means to be a refugee in the 21st century. I've never experienced war personally. I've never mm-hmm. experienced hunger personally or freezing to death, freezing cold, not one night. And so it's just humbling to listen to someone and they have joy in their hearts now. Of course, they have trials, but... It was amazing to hear. I'm glad you made the effort to hear the stories. Because it's easy to kind of get in your own bubble, even on a mission trip, and say, I'm not sure how I can cope with all this weirdness of people that I can't understand anyway, so let me just focus on the job. Yeah. When you're there to focus on the people and what God's really saying and what he's going to warm your heart to and bring you into real kingdom work, mm-hmm. and then you find out what Richard's been up to for the past 20 years. The mm-hmm. guy has been looking at the face in front of him and seeing Jesus everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, Thad, what was your experience compared to your expectations? Uh, Really very similar. My expectations was, you know, we were going to be building. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't know we were going to be doing insulation, but that's part of the building process. Right. Um, So any part of the building process was my expectation. I came basically, um, I was in Warsaw, and I experienced some of the feelings and the depth of the hurt that the Mm -hmm. Ukrainian people were feeling. And I just felt compelled to come back and, and, and help. Uh, however I could. And, and like I said, if you, if you help one person that's yeah. less fortunate than you, is worth the trip over. Yeah, You're taking those stories back to tell your church because you're supposed to be not just giving an account for the investment they made by probably helping to send you there to do the work, but also to help prime the pump for others who want to stay involved with their family around the world. And Richard's given you a great front door to do incredibly important work in this generation for missions that's happening all across Asia. There's a lot of, I know, evangelical outreach and stuff happening just because of the transformed lives that Richard and his family have seen over the years through Red of Life. What is your hope, guys, for having done this experience? And what do you hope for what you're going to be able to tell your people when you get home? 
I say sharing the story is really important uh, for them to see the passion in you is important because one of the things is that, you know, from these seeds, these mustard seeds, we have to have some great things grow from this. And by God's grace, it will, uh, Mm -hmm. because the thing is, this is just the beginning and building a tiny home is really, really helpful. And building 10 is really helpful. But the, the vacuum that I think may very well be occurring, if we heard today, let's just say today, there was a, a, a news story that we had uh, one part of Ukraine that was uh, liberated. I don't know which. Uh, Richard, you might remember it better than I do. Her son got liberated today. Yeah, okay. So let's just say that it wasn't just that. Let's say that the news was that Putin's gone. He's pulled out. Maybe Putin goes to his generals and says, oh, I never had anything to do with this. They gave me bad mm-hmm. advice. I'm hanging the generals and I'm you know, pulling Russia out. I'm going to be a hero. Okay. Okay. Let's just say that happened. Once we actually get to go in and see the devastation in Ukraine, yeah. you're looking at something that's a decade, two decades of reconstruction. Mm-hmm. So this kind of uh, outreach that we're doing here, this is just the beginning. And so we want to impress this upon our church too, because we don't need just a team of uh, three and 12. We need a team of 12 and another team of 12 and another team of 12. And we need to have folks going over and helping for years to come. Yeah. Which may be God's way of uniting the family like it hasn't been in a thousand years. You're right. And talk about the diaspora of the, the Christian church reflects what the Israelites went through during most of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. There were huge upheavals that spread us everywhere. And America even exists pretty much because of a whole bunch of series of pogroms against different kinds of religious groups that happen to be Christians. Mm-hmm. So God's been moving us around the planet since the time he started this church. We feel like we own the franchise on it now because we're the safe place. America, you know, the free, the land, the brave, all that stuff. We kind of meld it all together with a kingdom. But you guys have been outside that bubble of the Western Evangelical Church for a little while. And you've, a couple of you have done it before. You've actually gone abroad to see what's really happening in the kingdom at large. Guys, we all know that they have a huge amount to teach us about not just humility, but about reality. Mm-hmm. And trying to communicate how you experienced God in a place that may seem, just on the face of it, so unfamiliar, so strange, so different. You're building this little tiny house, and you know that God has sanctified this place. Healing's going to happen here. Ministry's going to happen here. And your hands got to join God's. How would you frame that story? Like the elevator pitch you had to make to somebody in your church about what God's doing there. I think it's just something you have to experience for yourself. You have to come over hear the stories from the Ukrainians, uh, look in their eyes, see the pain, the hurt. You know, it's something you got to experience in person. Uh, and and I would highly encourage anyone that had the opportunity to to come here and lend a hand to do so. Yeah. You know, part of the way I would explain that, back to the story that Kevin was doing, and we're all being very careful on this couple that we know and their journey to not do anything yeah. specific because there may be risks, Okay. But I got to know her when we did a camp, which we'll call like a vacation Bible school in late May with Ukrainian kids. Just such a joy to do that. And first thing, as soon as you're around some of the Ukrainians, and I think Kevin and Thad will agree with me on this, too. I feel like I'm around a group of of people that are part of the chosen people. Hmm. I I can't describe it any more than that, but I feel it. There's a a spirit to it in in just what is an awful time is an unbelievable spirit. But the person, the wife who was here with her children, without her husband, um, she ran our camp for the week Mm. and just very good, very good teacher, everything, you know, very straightforward, very driven, no smiles. That's okay. She, you know, my gosh, she's got a mess at home. 
And, and we got to spend three hours with her at dinner the other night. And when she came into the room, I did not recognize her. Really? When she came in, I was like, wait a minute, is this the same person that I think it was? And I think I could just say a first name. Her name's Maria. Okay. And she came into the room and she started talking. I'm like, yeah, this, this is the same Maria. And when I started talking to her, she was so lit up. She mm. was like coming off a honeymoon. Mm. Now, her husband was reunited with her over three months ago, okay, with her and her family. But she looked like she was on a honeymoon. Hmm. And she had, a, I mean, in a, in a nice, uh, dimly lit room for evening, uh, you know, ambiance in a restaurant, she was lighting it up. I mean, cool. you could see the light of the Holy Spirit around her and every word she said and every smile she had. She smiled as much as an American does. And if you talk <laughs> to old people, I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> and I talked to her and I actually, I addressed it. <clears throat> I said, Maria, I said, you don't look like the same person. And I pulled out my phone and I pulled out a picture of her because we took a lot of pictures of some of the kids during camp and she was in there with hers. And I showed her that and I showed her a picture now. And she said, everybody has told me that I don't look anything like I used to. And one of the notes that I'd write to myself, so I was like, look, I know about the Holy Spirit, but it's supposed to be a little bit mysterious to us, but I never <laughs> knew that the Holy Spirit would change the physical yeah. appearance. And so that to me is probably the number one thing that's seared into me that I just was like in awe of seeing that, you know, and, and they're still, I mean, they're not out of the woods, No, you know, they're still trying to figure out life, but you would think that they just won the lottery. They did. When you look at hear how they talk versus they where their actual situation is, yeah. you know, you're describing something that, yeah, all of us who have traveled around the world and found the kingdom where God's at work there, see that transformation or you just recognize it first person. And when you realize I'm looking at the face of God alive in somebody that you think I'm safe here, you know, and they're glad I'm here. Man, am I glad I'm here. I think that my message would be real similar as I might do some evangelism at home back mm -hmm. back in the state. Just, you know, come and see, you know, we're talking about Jesus in that respect. It's like, I can say a lot of things about Jesus. Mm -hmm. I can give my testimony. And I was like, you know, but it, it, at some point it gets beyond words, right? If right. You're trying to describe the transformation that took place in your own life. And I think my message to a lot of my friends or, you know, Christian brothers and sisters who haven't done much in missions is you should come and see, come and see, you know, Come and serve. Come and go. You know, come with us. Come and, come and meet the Ukrainian people. They're really good people. Yeah. Um, because it, it's a different transformation. We're not talking about salvation, but opening your eyes up to the needs around the world is uh, very, very needed for, I can say, I'm sure in our county, in our state, in our part of the world. Yeah. But Kevin, you're describing something that really is the fullness of biblical understanding of proclamation ministry. When you hear from the saints in the past, like St. Francis of Assisi saying, preach every minute you got, if necessary, use words. Everything about what you do out there is the language of love, agape. Mm -hmm. And agape speaks strongly. So it ends up resonating and resounding through lives when they get transformed. And I've seen it in even short-term missions where kids that never realized that God was going to show up get there and find out he does. And they go through something difficult that finally breaks their will to say, I have to listen here first, not just act. Mm -hmm. And they discover Jesus in that. They come alive. And there's so many times I've seen that in short-term missions things where people get the first chance to really see that God's doing stuff and that just brings them to life. Before we go back to the program today, I just want to remind you that Compassion Radio is a communications ministry, and it depends on the faithful support of you to keep bringing inspiring stories to the air each day. 
Our vision partners support us monthly and make it possible for us to take you to the very front lines of faith. Whether you join our vision team or make a one-time gift, thank you for believing in and standing by this ministry. We're here to bring you real good news in every situation. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478 to make your gift. You can also text the word COMPASSION to 53445 to give right through your phone. Or visit our website, CompassionRadio.com. As we're highlighting in today's story, we're focused on the needs of Ukrainian refugees and working with Christian ministries already in place across Ukraine, Poland, and Romania as they demonstrate the kind of faith that Jesus expects, accepts, and makes possible. I hope you'll join us in that work with as generous a gift as you can and that you'll do so right away. Thank you so much. And now back to today's special program. They discovered Jesus in that. They come alive. And there's so many times I've seen that in short-term missions where people get the first chance to really see that God's doing stuff and that just brings them to life. That's why I always encourage people not to give up on the idea of serving, even in short-term capacity, with those who are wise and are investing, truly investing in the people there and not exploiting or trying to export some particular political or socioeconomic agenda, but really focus on what God says. So, Richard, let me cycle back around to you now. You've had a team here. These guys are well-spoken. They are giving a good apology for why they went, and they're going to be good spokesmen within their realm, within their church, and Perimeter is a big organization all around Atlanta. What do you see in them? Is, is it consistent? Are these guys representative of the folks that come to serve with you or and serve for you, or are they unique in some way? Oh, as a church as a whole, the people that I've met and have known throughout the years have just been completely fantastic. One of the things I admire most about like Perimeter and the people that come, it's not about their church. Hmm. Um, it's about God, and that's the focus. It's not about you know a denomination or a religion. It's about God and sincere. And so I I love that. I think it's fantastic because when you make it about God, you can reach so many more people than if you're just trying to push your own ideas or denomination. Um, And then people see it, they receive it, and they see the authenticity and they get to see the real God. So I think it's it's beautiful. And this is what I I admire about Perimeter. Be interesting to find out what your families think about your own disposition, your visage. When you get back, do they see Jesus lighting up in these guys' eyes from their experience? I hearken back to the Old Testament describing the Shekinah glory, the kind of thing that just can't miss God on the faces of these people, that you guys would be lighting up and that your eyes would be communicating clearly and everything about you says, do this. It transformed me. It's transforming the world. And there's plenty of work to do. It's not like you guys are going to be short of opportunities to help build tiny homes or export these skill sets to people who need to rebuild their country. I mean, like you said, John, this is just the beginning. And hopefully it's the seeds you guys are planting in your families, in your communities, that are going to make a big difference in years to come, not just for the people that need the help right now, but in the churches that are focused now again on a world mission that God is still actively pursuing. It's not about us arguing over doctrinal points. It is absolutely about us both putting our hands to the plow and getting busy. You guys have done that. I'm proud of you for that. Thank you, Richard, before we get out of here, I want to ask you if you have any other questions for your guys or things you think they should tell us that they've been coy about sharing or anything you want to say about them that we should know out here in Compassion Radio Land about these guys and why you're proud of them. Um, yeah, I told a, a story about how we acquired the, the New Life Center, which I might have told when we first met in California years ago. 
but just the importance of being faithful, hmm. just being faithful to God. Cause you know, you can build a tiny home. You can, you know, go into Ukraine, you can deliver humanitarian aid. You can do a lot of different things, but Jesus is telling us our focus is to be faithful to him, be faithful to God. And through that faithfulness, having that relationship, we respond. So I'm proud of these guys for responding mm-hmm. just through their faithfulness, not only to come to Poland now, but they were here this summer. Uh, in fact, I think dad's coming back in December. Awesome. So that's three times to Poland in one year. Um, so another team's coming in December the 8th to the 18th, coming out to help with some of the projects that we have going on in, in Poznan and in Kalish. So I'm just really proud of these guys. And you know, we mentioned the insulation mm-hmm. um, and the fiberglass and all that stuff. I asked the guys a couple of times during the week. I'm like, hey, if you guys want to do like drywall or something else, let me know. They're like, no, we're here to serve. Mm-hmm. And we know that every single, I don't know, whether it be a screw, a staple, a string, a piece of insulation, everything is moving the project one step further, one step closer to becoming a reality of having people in there as soon as we can. So I'm just thrilled that uh, hopefully by the end of this month, November, uh, we'll have families already living inside these tiny homes that we built the first two. Amen to that. Now, you're right. Every item that goes into this house is building the house. And they're all metaphors for building the kingdom of God together, right? Sometimes it's going to be stuffing insulation. Other times it'll be ripping up groundwork or laying a foundation or just washing tools. Whatever it is, you get in there to do it. All of this stuff, guys, is under the umbrella of Jesus' washing feet, period. You are preparing these people for the ministry that God is calling them to as well. When they see you serving that way and choosing the least of the jobs, gladly, with an open heart, they see in you the humility of Christ. So I would also encourage those who step forward with you guys to go again, that when you're stepping in, don't be looking like competitively for the lowest thing you could do, like to impress God or somebody, but to literally listen. What are they asking for? Let them lead, because they're the ones that are on the site. They have to live with what the consequences are of your work. They will be the ones that can tell you well what to do next, and then you do it with a huge heart, knowing that God is pleased by the way you approached it. Even before you start the work, God's overjoyed you're there, and I want that to be the, the work ethic that you guys experience in years to come, too. Yeah, it was really great when uh, we were working with the the working crew, but they're not believers or part of the church or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, today was a holiday in Poland. It's the Independence Day mm-hmm. for Poland, November 11th, uh, since 1918. Um, but they left a, a handwritten note to John, Kevin, and, and Thad. Awesome. Um, just appreciating their work and thanking them. That doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. So it was really nice that they even recognized, you know, just their, their service hearts, their faithfulness, and just their hard work. So they admired that as well. Okay, guys, did you make friends while you were there? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Especially some <laughs> with our Ukrainian folks to be able to reunite with some of them. The team of the folks that we're getting to know more and more all the time here in Poland. Um, you know, I, I look forward to going home in one sense, but I feel homesick to leave. Hmm. You want that. Uh, the family that prepared lunch for us each day. Yeah. Yeah, that whole family, really. Awesome. We're going to go home and recruit a new team for lava rock cleaning on the next visit. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be a joy. (laughs) In a cold, muddy time of the year, too, probably. That's very good. Guys, thanks for sharing a bit of your story. I know it's just a little thimble we got out of you about your experience and unpacking that with your families and take some time, probably. Are you guys flying out right away? We leave 630 in the morning. Okay. Well, thanks for giving me the rest of your evening before you fly. 
Any last words you'd like to pitch to America in general, the people that don't know you, they're just listening on the radio and hear a a disembodied voice? You know, I would say uh, listen for the calling Mm. because I'm someone that, you know, honestly, if someone tells me that all I would have done would do my trips inside the United States for the rest of my life, honestly, I would have been completely fine with that. But when we saw the announcement for trips going to Poland, I had such a strong pull on my heart that I was just supposed to go. My wife was so surprised. She was like, you you want to, you want to go on that? I said, I'm supposed to go on that. Go. And so I'd say to p- people listening, just listen to the calling. And when you hear that calling, when you hear that nudging, and that's the way God does this, oh, yeah. listen to it, follow it, and then just ask the simple prayer, you know, hey, God, here I am. Use me. Uh, you do that, he will. Yeah, There's indeed. no doubt. When he pushes yeah. that nudge there, he's not setting you up and saying, oh, yeah, I didn't need you anyway. Just gotcha. He's, oh. He oh. nudges you for a reason. No doubt about yes. that. Okay, Kevin, Thad, last thoughts? Um, I would just reference what I did a little earlier. Just very simple. Come and see. Hmm. See God at work. Yeah, what compelled me was watching it on the news. You know, hmm. Ukraine was on the news. I was kind of enthralled in it and watching the day out well, when the opportunity for Poland to help Ukrainian refugees hit the board at perimeter. Like John, I just, for whatever reason, I was like, you know, I, this is something I really need to go and do and be a part of and, and try to uh, to help those that are less fortunate that uh, of no fault of their own. Indeed. You know, wrong place, the wrong time, unfortunately. And you guys are in the right place at the right time for them to have a new right place, right Thank time. You. Yes, sir. Okay, John Colgrove, Kevin Hudson, and Thad Huffman of the Perimeter Church family are all around Atlanta. Thank you so much for giving your particular story, and you're a great example of the kind of teams that I know Richard's been recruiting to come do this work, and there's plenty of work ahead. So, Richard, I'm going to pitch it to you then to give us a final word from Bread of Life. It's your ministry that God put in your heart 20 years ago. What do you want to tell people out there specifically to be praying for, to to listen for, to prepare for? Yeah, thank you, Bram. You know, as we look to the the coming winter and, and knowing how harsh winters are here in in Europe and knowing what we experienced ourselves the first winter in Poland with the 300 people that had frozen to death in Poland, um, you know, just the, the partnership, the need to create as much shelter as quickly, as safely as possible for refugees um, that need the shelter, a continuation of, you know, donor supporters. So if you as an individual or a church, school, organization, whatever, would like to be involved, then uh, we invite you to please come and join us, partner with us. And you could go to our website uh, where we say we rescue the forgotten. So it's www.rescuetheforgotten.com. Rescuetheforgotten.com. Now, I encourage folks to find out more about your ministry because Bread of Life has been doing a whole bunch of stuff. Like we talked about years ago, it has deep fingers that have gotten into ministries that you weren't expecting, like in Africa and Middle East and all kinds of relationships that have flown out of that pod that God put in front of you right there in the middle of Poland. So lots of good things coming up in the future. Guys, thanks again so much for sharing your stories. I look forward to hearing how the houses come out and seeing the pictures of the finished products and hearing the stories of the next teams you bring back over there. God bless you all, and have a great day. All right, Thank you so much, Bram. Great seeing you again. You too, man. Bye-bye. My thanks to Richard Nungesser of Bread of Life Ministries and Posen Pullet, and the project volunteers John Colgrove, Kevin Hudson, and Thad Huffman, who were all gracious to share their experience. As you give to Compassion Radio this week, we'll include Bread of Life in our ministry giving. Thanks for doing all you can to help the kingdom reach millions of Ukrainian refugees with hope and practical help this winter.
There is so much to be thankful for, even in hard times. Right now, I'm very thankful for you. Your gift of time each day is a genuine treasure to us. Knowing that you're being challenged to live out your faith like never before is a wonderful encouragement to us as well. I hope you'll take time today to drop us a note through our website or by email. You can reach me directly at the following address, bramfloria at CompassionRadio.com. However you reach out, know that we're in this ministry and this work for you and because of you. Remember, friends, your giving this month doesn't just support this unique media ministry. Every dime beyond our baseline budgeting is going to support the relief and rebuilding efforts in war-torn regions of Ukraine, led by wonderful Christian ministries already on the ground and doing tremendous work. I strongly encourage you to give above and beyond this month so we can make the most impact possible. Just call or write us today to help keep us on the air and in the field. Call 1-800-868-2478. The new year also means a new mailing address for Compassion Radio, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. And jump in anytime at CompassionRadio.com. We're waiting for you, friends. Hop on board.